This is the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we talk about the week's big political stories. I'm Mike Siluma, and thank you for joining us. In the last week, South Africa's response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine has divided public opinion. Some felt our response was too tepid, while others supported Pretoria's call for a negotiated solution. In this week's episode of the Politics Weekly, we explore the government's rationale as well as options that may be open to it. My guests this time are Professor Daniel Bradlaugh uh, from the Center for Human Rights at the University of Pretoria. He is, among other works that he has done, co-editor of the book Values, Interests and Power, South Africa's Foreign Policy in Uncertain Times. Quite uh, apt for our conversation today. Uh, also joining us, uh, of course, is uh, Kefas Kosana, who's the Sunday Times Opinions Editor. With immediate effect. When people saw us, and I quote, in two years' time, Eskim's problems will be a thing of the past. People won't even remember load shedding. Unquote. They put saliva on the paper. I'm in charge. That's why these fools are running around here. I'm in charge. And then they share that zone. Point of order, Chaperson. Order, Chaperson. Point of order. Ruling party by point of order. Must step aside within 30 days. No, I'm not going to apologize. He has no brains whatsoever. The NC president was sabotaged again yesterday. Well, sabotage, that can be This is not a shit. Welcome to the both of you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Let us start with the whole question of the, the whole concept of having a foreign policy. Um, well, shall I start with you, uh, Daniel? What, 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 where does foreign policy, you know, as an instrument fit in, in the, in, in the relationships between countries? Um, what is its objective? Well, so foreign policy, I suppose, briefly described, is the relationship between countries, at least in its most basic sense. Um, And it fits in in the sense, if you think of it from our perspective as South Africa, it fits in um, in that it's it's how do we use our relationships with uh, external actors, as foreign states, international organizations, uh, communities, businesses, etc. How do we use those relationships to help advance the values and interests of South Africa uh, and its its development. So how do we make sure that it's um, serving our interests, promoting development and the transformation that our economy needs? And how do we position ourselves as a voice in the global community um, so that we can influence the way the global system evolves over time? Cave us from where you're sitting, because you, you, you've been reporting a lot uh, on 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 government and government policies, etc. From where you're sitting, I, I would you say we do have a foreign policy or a coherent one? Completely incoherent, um, given um, um, how we've dealt with the whole uh, issue of um, well, the conflict itself. But you know, even 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 before then, you know, our, our foreign policy is extremely myopic. We 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 say one thing, then mean another. We uh, we don't know what stance to take here and uh, how to approach this and that. I mean, I remember um, during the Mbeki years, you know, South Africa was a country that was very very firm, even though sometimes 
you know, it took positions that were unpopular, but it was very coherent in them, and it was, and 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 it was very firm and steadfast in what it stood for. I feel that now um, we are just all over the place. We are haphazard. We 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 we, we and we. It really is embarrassing. Um, that's 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 how I can describe, um, especially the handling of uh, um, the conflict uh, between Russia and uh, Ukraine. Professor Bradlow, if if off the back of what what Kavas has just said, the, if if you were a friend of South Africa and 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 you are you are regarding South Africa's uh, foreign policy, would you feel reassured that South Africa would stand by you in times of trouble? No, I think uh, Kavas has summarized. I would maybe be a little bit more charitable than him in my description, but I think he's basically summarized the situation. We've had a very reactive policy. It's not clear that there's any clear strategic goals or agenda for the, for our policy. And that's clear in this response to the situation in Ukraine. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's so obvious that this is an illegal invasion of another country. Um, that's a principle that's fundamental, not just in international law, but in African political relations and um, if, as the structure of the AU. And South Africa has not come out in support of that principle. Um, it did initially through Durko, and then it was withdrawn. Um, and the statements just seem completely inconsistent. And as you say, it, it, we do not look like a, a trustworthy friend to anybody because nobody can really know what we, we really believe. Kefas, just to you know, we we've already started touching on the on the on the response to 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 the to the Russian invasion of of, of Ukraine in in the last week. Uh, we've had at, at what at at least three positions. First, we were saying there must be negotiations, and then we said uh, Russia must 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 withdraw, etc. And then we went back to the the diplomacy track. Uh, what what would have caused the the backing and forcing? You know, from 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 what you what 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 you have been able to find out. It's something that we we keep exploring that uh, our guys keep, keep keep exploring. You know, talking to uh, sources at Doko, sources in the presidency, and and from 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 what we 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 know so far, there is lack of communication between those two important uh, pillars of uh, of governance, which is uh, um, international relations, um, which of course you know um, um, directs our. How 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 we relate to other countries and presidency, which is you know the overall uh, you know the overarching uh, uh, a big brother of government, if I may if I if I may use that, um, and 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 obviously um, the 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 foreign policy is not determined by Durko. Durko communicates and implements foreign policy. Um, foreign policy is determined by the country and you know um, and the ruling party and everybody cabinet uh, sorry cabinet etc 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 but Durko and the presidency need to be you know on the same level and on the same footing when it comes to such an important issue it cannot be that the minister of Durko who's the Minister of Foreign Affairs, issues what, by, by the way, I did not think was a problematic statement, calling on Russia to withdraw the troops. I have no idea why it irked the president so much, because as uh, Daniel has said, 
this, you know, it, it's, it's genuinely accepted and uh, um, 90% of the globe, 99% of the globe, you know, accepts that this is a, you know, an illegal invasion and that uh, Russia is the aggressor. Um, we, we see, uh, you know, the images every day of them targeting civilians, etc. cetera. Um, I do not see any problem with that. But then, of course, um, there are other considerations that uh, 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 were behind the president getting angry at the statement and uh, uh, or being unhappy. Um, not just say angry, but being unhappy and um, um, demanding that the, that, that, that our message as a country uh, be toned down. Um, I just think it's unfortunate that that had to happen, and uh, it uh, speaks to um, um, the two entities, uh, Deco and the, the presidency, that just are not talking to each other. Kefas, you seem to be suggesting that it is more uh, because at the weekend there, there 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 was one view that 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 was saying that was basically saying what, what you know uh, go, going down the route that you're taking of one department you know say DECO, the Department of uh, International Relations not being on the same page with the presidency, um, which is like the left hand not not quite knowing what the right hand is doing. But then there was also a a a suggestion or a hint that there might be some other uh, factor, you know, such as a, a probable ideological uh, divergence. Uh, w- w- would, would you put any store on that? Would you, you know, do you think that it's a credible uh, explanation? It is clearly, it is clearly uh, you know, ideological divergence. Um, uh, the ANC and, uh, and, 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 and to, a, to a large extent, uh, President Ramaphosa, um, they, 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 uh, they 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 base their whole concerns on their own uh, you know historical relationship with Russia and the ANC's uh, um, and the government uh, as relations and current relations with Russia be it at BRICS be it at whatever forum where uh, we are close to Russia and it's it's it, it is really unfortunate that um, that 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 those ideological concerns then you know get to Trump. A sound, uh, uh, um, sound, sound, sound responses and sound foreign policy is not that when our friend is doing wrong that we should tiptoe around them and say no, but we can't tell them you are doing wrong. Stop doing that. We 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 should be able to have that frank discussion and that frank approach to our friend to say, but we don't agree with you what you're doing, even though you are our friend. So. Um, it should not be something that, as South Africa, we are either scared or are not willing to do. Daniel, uh, uh, the, the, at, at the at the um, uh, general assembly, you know, when when the vote was taken this week, um, South Africa was among thirty five countries which uh, which abstained. Now, interestingly, um, among those were are India and China. Which are which are in BRICS, um, and yet uh, Brazil took a different position. What 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 does that say about? Would you say that the, the, our membership of BRICS may have influenced uh, our positioning, at least in part? I I think I, I mean it's a it's a mix of two things. I think part is a legacy issue of the the support that the Soviet Union gave to the ANC during the liberation struggle, um, and part of it is. Uh, the connections through BRICS, I think, plays a part in it. Um, I think, in a sense, what you're seeing, and, you know, Brazil, because of who their current president is, is is a hard country to read 
um, and to understand always at the moment. But I think part of what's going on is that the world is shifting and countries are being forced into the position where the, the most powerful countries are having a conflict amongst themselves and the smaller countries and countries like ours are having to work out which side they're going to be on in this coming version of a, a new version of a Cold War. And I think that the, the, con the conflict between the presidency and Durko in some ways reflects that. And I think what, it, to sort of go back to your first question about foreign policy is part of the problem of not having a clear set vision of what it is that we what the government wants from, the, from our foreign relations, what principles and interests and values are going to drive that, makes it very difficult for South Africa to decide where its real interests and strategic um, concerns uh, lie in this conflict. And so it can't work out if it should support, you know, uh, stand up for the principle of uh, territorial integrity and sovereignty or should support its, its supposed ally Russia in this situation. Um, and, and that's highly problematic. Um, and it leads, you know, to the, to the statement that the um, uh, ambassador made in the General Assembly, which is so pathetic that it, it, it leads countries saying, well, how can we take you even seriously on this? If, you know, it's one thing to have a position, but at least it should be some basis to that position. And that statement didn't convey that at all. Mm. Kefas, just, just to come back to the earlier point that you made, you know, you seemed to be saying, if I understand you well, that that condemning, you know, the wrong actions uh, of your friends uh, should not uh, uh, preclude you uh, from promoting negotiations and and and, and mediating conflicts. Um, but in 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 our country, the the response seems to be overwhelmingly against any talk of mediation or or or, 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 or talking. You know, there seems to be a predominant view that says South Africa must condemn uh, Russia, full stop. Am, am, I, am, I, am I reading the, the mood correctly? From, 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 from my, my own reading is uh, actually the same as yours, in that uh, I, I think that the general populace um, is, 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 is on the side of, uh, um, if I may, I, I won't call them the oppressed, but is on the side of those who are, who are who are who are being uh, you know um, who are being attacked by the aggressor, which is Russia, and the general populace feels and can see. Remember that you know this is a war that is you know it's 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 being televised. It's it's it's, it's live. We're seeing it. People are seeing the atrocities that are happening. Uh, you might say yeah 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 you know it's 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 it's, it's Western propaganda whatever. But it, people are watching. People are people are people are seeing exactly what Russia is doing. And they, 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 they will not be fooled, you know, by South Africa and South Africa's position, uh, you know, um, and trying to sort of, you know, appease Putin or whatever it is that South Africa is doing. Uh, the general public are, 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 are saying, you know, overall from what I'm, what I'm sitting on, what I'm reading, um, you know, what I'm following on social media, what I'm following on TV, radio, um, talk, you know, tech radio, talk shows, etc., letters in newspapers, etc., etc. The mood, the mood seems to be, let us be, you know, take a position that says that uh, uh, what Russia is doing is wrong, and let's take let's take a position that says that we are on the side of those that are at the receiving end of aggression. 
Professor Bradlow, the, the, the issue of public opinion, how, how much does it or should it count in terms of uh, policy making like this, you know, for, for example, with, with regards to foreign policy? It, it definitely needs to be taken seriously. Um, it's not, I suspect, the determinant factor because it's difficult for the public to really know all the relevant information to understand the policy issues properly. But to ignore policy, uh, public opinion would be wrong in this situation. I, I, I would just add that, in a way, I, it's not mutually inconsistent for the government to have taken a position, for example, that said, we condemn this invasion, we call on Russia to withdraw from Ukraine, but we also acknowledge that Russia has some genuine concerns about uh, NATO's uh, move. Uh, uh, position and conduct uh, over the last few years. And once Russia's withdrawn, we call for a process of negotiation and mediation to try solve those disputes. I mean, that, that would be a more principled position that could serve Russia's interests, um, but also show South Africa has a more principled position, which would also, and that, in a sense, the first part of that is consistent with the public perception. The second part um, maybe the public is not thinking that like that because uh, and unless you're a foreign policy wonk, you're probably not as focused on it. Um, but you know, at least that way, South Africa looks like it's taking a more coherent and principled position. And it's positioning itself to, to be seen as a serious voice on these issues as well. If, if, I, if I may come in there, um, I, 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 I slightly differ on, on Russia's insecurities. I, I think that, 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 that Russia, um, this, this is not, this is not, this is not the, this is not the, the Cold War. You know, you know, the, the Berlin Wall fell. Um, you know, the, the USSR, this is not the USSR. These are, you know, um, countries that are autonomous. That have sovereignty, and I really believe that um, the people of Ukraine should be allowed to determine who they want to be close with. Um, and as far as I remember, I think Ukraine wants to join um, the European Union and not NATO. But of course, um, a lot of people see NATO as the military expansion of uh, the European Union. Um, but in as far as its desire to be part of the European Union, I don't know why that um, Putin finds, find, find, finds that so threatening. I don't know why Putin, you know, feels so that they, 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 if, if, if they join the European Union. By the way, the European Union, a lot of countries are opposed to Ukraine joining. So I don't think even the, 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 the demand to join the EU is going to succeed because they, there's a lot of stages that they need to go through. Um, how is that threatening such a powerful, powerful, powerful nation as Russia? With you know the world's largest uh, 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 nuclear weapons arsenal, how is Ukraine joining the EU threatening Putin so much that he can uh, justify this uh, um, murderous exercise that he's undertaking? Uh, Mike, can I can I jump in there? Yeah, please come in, Danny. Yeah, because I I think you have to separate out the question of joining the EU from joining NATO. I, I mean, because I agree with you totally, Ukraine as a sovereign state has the right to decide whether or not it wants to join the EU. The thing about NATO is NATO was set up um, specifically to be uh, an anti-Soviet Union organization uh, or defense organization at the time of the Cold War. 
once the Cold War was over, NATO's mission, in a sense, was over. Um, and at, the Russians said, well, you know, why are you expanding the, what was an anti-Soviet Union organization to bring it closer and closer to our borders? That looks like to them like a hostile act. It also looks and more debatable, but that a promise was given orally to, to Gorbachev that NATO would not be expanded. And NATO and the US has breached that promise and have continued to expand it. So that it is understandable that the Russians have some concerns about that. I'm not saying that the, their concerns are completely justified or that the response to that should be that uh, Ukraine should be left hanging out on its own without being able to defend itself. But to say that we need to have a, a negotiation uh, and a, a solution to what security in Europe look like, looks like after the Cold War and maybe in a post-NATO world, I think is not an unreasonable thing to ask for. And it might be a, um, once Russia has withdrawn from Ukraine, having that sort of discussion is in the long run interest of everybody, including uh, us in South Africa, even though we'd be that far away from that region. Kefas, can, can I ask you this? Could we be, as, as South Africans, overstating our global influence currently? You know, the, the way that people are, are demanding that, that, that Pretoria should intervene, uh, even if it's diplomatically, you know, uh, seems, seems, seems to suggest that people think that we, we're quite, quite a, 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 an important player globally. What, what's your view? I think that uh, you know we 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 lost a lot of that goodwill um, over the years, especially um, over the past ten years. Um, we didn't invest in 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 in, in that a lot. Um, there was a point where when South Africa spoke, um, it was you know an important voice of the African continent that was speaking. Um, the reason why we were admitted to BRICS. Was I mean, if you look at those countries, you know, we they dwarf us in terms of uh, um, population size, um, but also GDP, you know, economy size. Um, we are just a little uh, baby compared to them, but you know, they accepted us as an important voice of the um, African continent, and uh, that's how, obviously, as a country, you know, um, we grew closer to Russia, we grew, we grew closer to India. And, and then then Brazil and China. Um, would Russia would Putin listen to us today if we were to say, hey, come on, um, go to the uh, negotiating table? Uh, I I I doubt I doubt he would. I doubt most of the world would hear our voice. I I I think that we have lost a lot of that uh, um, respect, if I may put it uh, globally. Daniel, do, do, do you want to come in here? Yeah, please, because I, I I agree totally with that. The only um, thing I would say is that I think last year when uh, President Ramaphosa was the chair of the AU and dealing with the, the pandemic, or the, excuse me, in 2020, um, South Africa gained back some of the respect that had been lost during the, the Zuma years. Um, but I think the way we're behaving now is putting that at risk because he, we gained respect because he, he marshaled the African continent to you know, call for proper aid for Africa, to call for... Um, equity in the distribution of vaccines and PPE. 
and and that people respected that and and uh, were listening to him. Now we we look like we're going back to the way we've behaved in the past, and I think it's it's because we we don't have the strategic vision of what it is we really want. And in the, during the the year of the AU, uh, Ramaphosa really showed that he did have a vision of how he wanted to use international relations. Okay, first, do, do, did, where, where do you think we we keep losing track? Of, of that, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the Mbegi years, and then there's a, there's, a, there's a divergence from that, and then uh, sporadically, you know, we seem to be wanting to, you know, to, to, to be involved, with, you know, in African affairs and to provide some form of leadership or core leadership. Um, and then we then subsequently look like we're not interested, we don't have the appetite. Yeah, I mean, I mean... <sighs> You know, uh, you know, Mandela was 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 Mandela was literally the darling of the world. Mandela, all he needed to do was just speak, and everybody would listen. Um, and and and, but he infused, you know, um, a, a a a deep. Uh, moral fiber in that. Um, I remember when he called out George W. Bush. Um, he, he, he was no longer president, but he still called out, uh, you know, um, the, the 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 American aggression um, in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, before he died, especially in Afghanistan. Um, so so Mbeki then came in, and uh, you know, uh, Mbeki was instrumental in the formation of the African Union. Um, in, 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 in having African leaders uh, um, be part, well, not all of them, but mostly be part of the NEPAD initiative, even though, you know, the uh, successes of NEPAD, yeah, well, they're debatable um, if it has been successful at all. Um, of course, he had his own missteps. Um, failure to call Mugabe to order uh, was one of those. But, you know, um, <laughs> We 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 were respected. We 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 were a voice to be listened to, an important voice of the African continent. But sadly, um, you know, state capture versus all of those things, and 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 now, um, you know, um, uh, not knowing what to say and being incoherent on 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 such a on such a, on such a key issue, on such a uh, uh, an important issue. Um, that's part of what contributes to us losing, you know, the status that we had. Mm. Before we conclude, gentlemen, I'd like us to go back to the to to what some people say is the or the, the basically the root cause of what is happening in 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 Ukraine, you know, or what has been happening in Ukraine over the last week, which which is the the perceived failure of the UN system. Uh, South Africa previously, you know, was among countries which were calling for, you know, the the, the reforming, you know, of of the UN, of the UN system and the Security Council. Um, is, what has happened to that initiative, and and is it likely to happen anytime uh, soon, Daniel? I, I mean, I think this crisis tragically shows the weaknesses of the UN system. I mean, because Russia has a veto, the Security Council can't do anything. The General Assembly resolution, I mean, it's it's significant, but it doesn't really change very much. Um, And the UN, reforming the UN in this environment is going to be very difficult. I want, just if I can add one thing that we haven't talked about, um, and I know we're coming to the end, but just, you know, the reason it's so important that South Africa be able to have a voice that's listened to in this is because the economic situation and the economic sanctions 
um, are going to affect the prices of commodities like oil and wheat and the, you know, the, what happens in the global economy. And that's going to have a big impact in South Africa. And if we, we could be an influential voice in these discussions, or at least the voice that's being heard, um, we could have some impact on mitigating the, the hard, hard effect that the increase in the price of oil and wheat, for example, are going to have across the African continent. Kefas, do you want to just take the last word? Do you see South Africa getting its act together in terms of sending out a coherent, unified message? You know, on you know, in 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 terms of our 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 international relations, do you see that happening? So, so before I answer that, you did ask about the UN. And I t- totally agree with uh, Daniel because I actually I even wrote about it uh, the previous day um, in a column to say that uh, in its current format, you know, the 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 UN is a very 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 poor forum for multilateralism because um, when the five permanent members have got the 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 right uh, of veto and they can just veto. Uh, you know, uh, resolutions that uh, involve them in the Security Council and then everything goes to General Assembly and the General Assembly, does, you know, it, 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 it can take a resolution, but it won't go even anywhere. Um, it, it, it makes a mockery of the UN and it, it, it means that um, those long called for reforms are now more than urgent. Um, I even say that, um, you know, if the UN, the UN doesn't adapt and doesn't reform and doesn't adapt to today's, uh, today's realities, then it must die like, like the League of Nations did in 1946. Um, because, um, Really, um, the, 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 the big five can just abuse the power of veto the way they, they, they have done. Um, it, it is just not sustainable. Um, to go to your question, though, South Africa, South Africa must just, speak, must just decide what it wants to say. South Africa must, 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 must decide. If, if South Africa wants to um, uh, 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 take a position, it must take a stance in a position. But right now, we remain on the fence and us being on the fence, um, I, I, we lose respect each day that people don't know what we stand for and what our position, what, what our position on issues is. Okay, uh, folks, uh, this is where we wrap it up on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly for this week. And I'd like to thank our guests uh, who have uh, given us uh, very interesting perspectives about the current uh, global crisis uh, in, you know, that, that, that relates to uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, our guests, uh, Kefas Hosanna, who's the Sunday Times Opinions Editor, as well as uh, Professor Daniel Bradlow of the Center for Human Rights at the University of Pretoria. He, of course, is also author of the book Values, Interests and Power, South Africa's Foreign Policy in Uncertain Times, such as we're living in right now now. Uh, and by the way, uh, for a podcast of this conversation, you can go to iona.fm to Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you prefer to source your podcasts. I'm Mike Siluma. Until next time, do remember to stay safe, sanitize, wear the mask, and avoid crowded places. Mm-hmm.